Tune in to All Andy Alford this Wednesday for a special edition of our program as we preview the 2019-2020 NFL season. Hear Andy's opinion on all the local teams, whether it be the Lions, the Browns, the Steelers, the Bears, and so much more. Hear Andy's opinion on other teams like the Patriots, the Cowboys, and the Los Angeles Rams. And you'll hear Andy's predictions for the AFC and NFC, and who he believes will lift the Lombardi Trophy come February. It's a special edition of All Andy Alford, the 2019-2020 NFL Preview Show. You can follow the show on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred and on Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. So tune in this Wednesday for a special edition of All Andy Alfred, the 2019-2020 NFL Preview. The following is a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network. Powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network. Whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Bleaker, and Pocket Cast. However you listen, wherever and whenever you listen, thank you for tuning into the program tonight. And you can always be a part of the show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred and Facebook.com. Slash all Andy Alfred. The Indians head out of the Bronx with a split against the Yankees. Now head cross town to visit Carey, Doug, Arthur, Deacon, and the New York Metropolitans. Don't you mean the Mets, Arthur? They head over to City Field to take on the Mets. Oh, the Tigers, the Tigers, the Tigers. The chase to 120 losses continues in Tampa and now in Houston. We're a week out from opening night in Bowling Green. And we have a front runner in the clubhouse for the starting nod. And yellow jerseys, question mark? But we have breaking news on the pond tonight. Kind of a shocker to start off. We're going to start talking hockey right off the bat. Because this is all Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal. 24 runs in the span of really Shut out. Go! Jack. That's way back. Put some extra relish on my hot dog. Bear down, Chicago Bears. Choo choo, it's time for all Andy Alfred. And with that, I say, oh, I love you guys. And welcome into another edition of All Andy Alfred tonight, right here on your exclusive home for me. The Anchor Network, and that is with the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be with Apple Music, 
whether it be with Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, Bleaker, however you listen to this podcast, wherever and whenever you listen to this podcast, thank you so, so much for tuning into the program tonight, as you can always be a part of the show in two ways now. Yes, two ways. The original way, on Twitter, it is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as on Facebook.com slash AllAndyAlfred. Give our page a like, and you can also find the link to get to listen to this podcast anytime, anywhere with the Anchor Network, as well as listening to past shows and previous shows as well, too. Got a lot to get into tonight. And also remember to use the hashtag AAA Live when you're making a comment on Twitter. A lot to get into tonight, of course. We're going to hear Scott Leffler's comments from this past Saturday at the scrimmage at the Doit. Got a chance to go to that. It was a fantastic outing. Uh, saw something. Saw a couple interesting things. I'll pass that along to you tonight as well. You'll hear also the recap from this past weekend in Major League Baseball. The Tigers... Woes continue. The Indians struggle and split in New York. We'll get to that as well. And we'll also recap week two of preseason NFL football. But first and foremost, I want to get into this. This broke this afternoon. And I am absolutely shocked, to say the least. Absolutely shocked, to say the least. You know... I have been covering sports for a long time. I have been covering sports since 2007. When I was seriously passionate about it. I was in high school. I was covering sports. I was talking to people about it. wrote a little newsletter. We started the podcast here in 2009. The walleye were just starting. They were just tadpoles. Now they're full-fledged fish. And today was the day that the team has been taken out and gutted by its top leading go-getter. Tonight, it was announced that A.J. Jenks, the former associate captain of the Toledo Walleye, who leads in goals, points, and assists, has signed with the rival team of the Toledo Walleye, the Fort Wayne Comets. This is a signed deal, done deal. It was made public uh, by, it was announced on Twitter by Jordan Strack. I got to give Strack credit for that one. And I got to give Mark Monroe credit too. Uh, Monroe was the the source I went to to hear it first, but then Strack backed it up. And Strack is the man for this position. I got to give him credit for this one. This one, this one is a blow. This one really hurts as a walleye fan. And I'll tell you why this hurts. It's because of the fact that this guy is such a fan favorite. Not because he can put the puck in the back of the net. Not because he can set the play up really well. It's not because of his character in the locker room. It's the fact that the fans really supported AJ. He was there at the beginning of this run with Dan Watson. When Coach 
Derek Lalone left. Watson was in charge. Jenks was one of the key pieces of this of this franchise. And to see him go now to the rival team is absolutely ridiculous. It's a shameful, damn shameful thing, and I blame Dan Watson for this. For me, how can you let this guy go? I know you're allowed to only keep four veterans on your team. But this guy is your heart and soul of this franchise. He has roots in this community. He has leadership qualities in this team. And Joe Moneybags Napoli and Dan Watson has just screwed the walleye for the next two years. I'm sorry to say this, walleye fans. Jenks is a key piece of this offense. You cannot replace him. I'm sorry if you... And, and the walleye says, well, we got some players that are coming in and we've got, uh, we've got, uh, we got a major signing coming on Wednesday that you're going to absolutely love. You're trying to backstory what has happened. This is a massive blow to this organization to see this man leave. It's the fact that this guy has given you every single bit of himself to this organization. And you railroad him out of this out of this town and he goes down Route 24 to Fort Wayne. And Fort Wayne is loving this. I have read Mike Calhoun's piece out of the Fort Wayne Gazette. He absolutely loves this. He loves this day. Today is his holiday. He is dancing on the fish. The walleye will not be relevant for the next two years. You put that down. You can save this article right here. You can save this archive piece. The walleye will not make the playoffs for the next two years because of this man. Leaving the organization. I told my producer to save this audio for when... And April comes next year. And I will repeat the same thing over and over again. Jenks is your leading scorer. He is your, your veteran leadership. And this is why this organization is a damn joke. The whole organization is a damn joke. To let this man, who has given you every freaking piece of his heart, has put down roots with his family. And for you to tell him, we're not going to resign you, is a slap in the face. So what does he do? He goes and signs and stays in the ECHL, and now he has retribution on his mind. Retribution on his mind. The first time Fort Wayne comes to the Huntington Center, November 3rd of this year, 
It is a 515 puck drop, and that is D-Day for AJ Jenks. It is an absolute joke that this organization has let this good, talented, tremendous hockey player go. And for what? Shane Bershback is a key piece. He's a good veteran on there, but he hasn't produced the last two seasons. He's been play developing. I, I just don't get it. Why would they do this? Why? I put blame on Napoli. I put the, the blame on the general manager. I mean, I put some blame on the league too for only keeping four veterans on a, on a team. And yes, the ECHL is a developmental league. I have talked to Everett Fitzhugh about this many a times. The next goal for these players is to get into the AHL and get the opportunity to make it, try to make it to the NHL. But this guy, to do this to him is absolutely ridiculous. And I am, I am just floored. Just absolutely floored. That, you know, the only good thing, if we didn't get a thank you from a, from the, from the walleye to AJ, they, they, they went out and signed a young guy today named Ryan Verbeek. Ryan Verbeek. You think that he's going to be the replacement for AJ Jenks? Oh, no. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Not even a thank you. Verbeek, in his career, has 12 goals, 11 assists, and 23 points in 31 games played in the Quebec Major Junior League. He is the son of Tim Verbeek. He's the nephew of Tim Verbeek, who plays, who played with the Toledo Storm. I'll give you that credit. That's pretty cool. Tim Verbeek coming back. And he's also the nephew also of former f- player Pat Verbeek, who played over 1,424 career games, NHL games, including two seasons with the Red Wings and two seasons with the Buffalo Sabres. So it's good to see that. But like I said, it overshadows, that announcement overshadows the fact that you lost your leading goal scorer and your lead in the, in the, in the franchise leader in everything to your rival. Fort Wayne. And I got to give you this too. For shame on the walleye. After the signing of AJ Jenks and they announced this kid, Ryan Verbeek, going to the to the walleye, they then tweeted out a thing about the a nine game plan with the Fort Wayne comments. Are you kidding me? If that is not the biggest money grab I have ever seen in my entire life, 
the walleye Twitter should shut down for a week and be suspended. It is a damn shame. An absolute damn shame that this team and this and this organization let a good player like that walk away and not even a not even an offer. So I say for shame to the walleye. For shame. And I say it again. The walleye will not make the playoffs for the next two years because of this let go of their top goal scorer, A.J. Jenks. As you are listening to All in the L for tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, and that is either on Apple, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, however you're listening to this podcast, wherever and whenever you're listening to the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. And now let's hit into the gridiron and let's talk a little NFL football. And let's talk about the continuing debacle that's happening in Detroit. So week two of the NFL preseason is under has come and gone. And what have we learned, folks? First, let's start on the top side of Lake Erie with the Detroit Lions. Again, another week, another no Matthew Stafford starting. And and finally, we got a touchdown. Our first touchdown of the preseason. Finally. Finally. We get something on the board. We look decent against Houston. I I will say that. Houston is pretty good. But not getting getting enough effort really hurt. Houston gets the win 30-23 over the Lions. Now 0-2 in preseason. Falls, 12 for 19, 226, one TD, no interception in the game. Thompson, five carries for 25 yards, one TD. Andrew Jones, two catches, 60 yards. Powell, three catches, 53 yards. Both guys had no touchdowns. Deshaun Watson did start in the game. He was five for seven for 60 yards, one TD, no interceptions. Howell for Houston. 15 carries, 84 yards, 1 TD. Carter, 3 catches for 40 yards, no TDs. Mitchell, 3 catches, 36 yards, no TDs in the game. The breakdown looks like this. The Lions had 338 yard, 388 yards total offense, 298 through the air. So this is better than it was in Week 1 against the Patriots. But the running game has really struggled. Last week, the Lions in the run game were atrocious. Absolutely atrocious. They had 72 yards of total rush offense. This week against Houston was 90. 90 yards. For Houston, it was 410 yards of total offense, 242 through the air, 168 on the ground. Houston's percentage at third down, 40%. You want to guess what the Lions was? 9%. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Houston led in the time possession, 34 minutes and 54 seconds. Alliance, 25 minutes and 6 seconds. Detroit had 8 penalties. Houston had 9 penalties in the game. 
So now the dress rehearsal comes up at Ford Field. Stafford has, I, I hope Stafford plays this game. I, I, I hope he does. I absolutely hope he does. As they take on the Buffalo Bills this upcoming week. And then week four sees them to go to the lake to see them play the Cleveland Browns. Now the Lions, that game for the 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 Bills game this upcoming week in week three of preseason. That game will take place this upcoming week on Friday night on CBS on the big network at eight o'clock. So a nationally televised game on CBS. Big big implications. Big implications. Big implications. But on the other side of the lake, the winning ways continue for the Cleveland Browns. The Browns headed into Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium on Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock. They come away with a 21-18 victory. Baker Mayfield did not start the game. Gilbert Gilbert starting the game for Cleveland. He stopped. He was 13 for 19 for 151 yards, two TDs in the game. Kareem Hunt, the former uh, Toledo Rocket and former Kansas City Chief, now with the with the Browns, he had two carries for six yards in the game. DeAndre uh, D. Ernest Johnson, DeAndre Ernest Johnson, 10 catches for 53 yards in the game. DJ Montgomery, three catches, 30, 77 yards, no TDs in the game. For Indianapolis in the game, Andrew Luck did not start. Kelly got the most of the action for the Colts. He was 12 for 17 for 115 yards, one TD, no interceptions in the game. Ware had seven carries for 24 yards, no TDs in the game. Deion Kane, seven catches, 80 yards, zero touchdowns in the game. Eric Ebron, the former Detroit Lions, two catches, 28 yards, one TD in the game. The breakdown looks like this. Cleveland had 271 yards of total offense in the game. On the passing and the passing side of the game, they had 207 yards. In rushing, they only had 64 yards. They were looking more towards the air than than the uh, than the ground in this game. For Indianapolis, it had 382 yards of total offense, 309 through the air, 73 on the ground. The Browns were 12% on third down against Indianapolis. Indianapolis 23% on third down. The Colts had 16 penalties in the game. Cleveland had 13 as well. Time of the possession went to Indianapolis. They had 33 minutes and 8 seconds to the Browns, 26 minutes and 52 seconds. Now the dress rehearsal for the Browns will be against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My old friend Lisa, who I used to work with, that game was on NFL Network Friday night, 7.30 kickoff on the NFL Network. Then they will come back home for the Lions in week four before they start the season off. Other notable games in week two of the NFL preseason. Philadelphia was a winner 24-10 over Jacksonville. The Bungles beat the Washington Football Club 23-13. Baltimore was a winner 26-13 over the Green Bay Packers. The J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets gets the win over the Atlanta Falcons 22-10. New England a winner 22-17 over the Tennessee Titans. Dallas a 14-10 win over the L.A. Rams. The Raiders getting a 33-26 win over the Arizona Cardinals. 
Buffalo, who Detroit will face, got the win over Carolina 27-14. Tampa Bay gets a 16-14 win over the Miami Dolphins. That's who the Browns will play next. The Chicago Bears lose in the Meadowlands to the G-Men 32-13. Pittsburgh was a winner 17-7 over the Kansas City Chiefs. The New Orleans Saints, a winner 19-17 over the L.A. Chargers. Seattle was a loser to Minnesota 25-19. And the Monday night game saw Joe Flacco doing pretty well uh, with the Denver Broncos. But they lose in an effort. The second team in 13 gave it up for the Broncos. The 49ers, a winner 24-15 over the Denver Broncos. Week 3 of the preseason, which is technically what we call the dress rehearsal, for this upcoming season. Looks like this will start Thursday night. 7 o'clock kickoff. As the G-Men head into Cincinnati to take on the Bungles. 7 o'clock kickoff for that one. 7.30 kickoff sees the Baltimore Ravens heading into Philadelphia to take on the Eagles. Carolina goes to New England to take on the Patriots. The Washington Football Club heads into Atlanta to take on the Falcons. Green Bay heads out to Oakland at 8 o'clock. Actually, this game will be played in Canada, my friends. Yes, I said that right. This will be the first game, NFL game, to be played at IG Field in Winnipeg, Manitoba. The first NFL contest in Canada since 2013. It will be the Green Bay Packers and the Oakland Raiders. It will be the Jacksonville Jaguars traveling down to Miami to take on the Dolphins. It will be Arizona taking on Washington, uh, Arizona taking on Minnesota. The Colts will host the Bears. The Battle of Texas will take place Saturday night, 7 o'clock kickoff. And by the way, that Bears game, 7 o'clock Saturday night. And the Ra- the Vikings-Cardinals game, couldn't get that out of my mouth, 1 o'clock kickoff at TD Bank Field. Uh, Saturday night, like I said, the Battle of Texas, is it'll be the Houston Texans taking on the Dallas Cowboys on Saturday, 7.30 kickoff on Saturday, sees the New Orleans Saints traveling up to uh, MetLife Stadium to take on the J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Saturday at 8, sees the 49ers traveling to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. The Rams will host the Denver Broncos Saturday night at 9 o'clock. Also on NFL Network at 10 o'clock, the Chargers hosting the Seahawks Sunday on NBC. uh, The Pittsburgh Steelers head to 10 See, so this upcoming well tomorrow on another we'll have another edition of all Andy Elford for you. It will be the special NFL draft NFL season preview. My apologies, as we get you set for this upcoming season, you'll hear my my opinion and my thoughts on the schedule for the Lions, the Browns, the Bears, the Steelers. You'll also hear my opinion also on the Patriots, the Cowboys, the Rams, and a few other teams of noting to pass along you'll also hear my opinion and who i think is going to win each division who i think will be in the playoff hunt and who will be lifting the vince lombardi trophy come this february so uh stay tuned to that subscribe to the podcast and you'll get all the information and we'll have that up for you tomorrow night right here on the anchor network as you're listening to all andy Elford tonight right here on the anchor network and that's either on apple google podcasts Spotify, Bleaker, Pocket Cast, however you're listening to us, wherever and whenever you're listening to us. Thank you for tuning into the program. And now let's go to the diamond. We have two bright sides. The 
Indians, and then the race to 120. What do you think we're going to start with first? So we're going to start with the Tigers first and foremost as the race to 120 continues. And they headed in after the series that they had against Seattle and the tossed salads and scrambled eggs. They faced, headed into Tampa Bay for a three-game series with the wildcard leading wildcard team, which is the Tampa Bay Rays. And Tampa only gets two out of three of it. I was hoping, I was thinking it was going to be a sweep, but I guess not, as the Tigers did get the win Friday night as they blanked the Rays two to nothing. Drew Verhagen, the win, he goes to three and two with a 6.67 ERA. Charlie Morton, the loss, he goes to 13 and five with a 2.77 ERA. Jimenez, the save, his third of the season, and then we get to Saturday. And Saturday was an absolute joke. Detroit had chance after chance after chance to win that ball game, and they couldn't do it. They honestly couldn't do it. Tampa Bay gets the win, one to nothing, off of a walk off by Boucherot. Hall the loss. He goes to zero and one with a six point four three ERA. Bushi. The win, he goes to 3-4 and four with a 5.29 ERA. No home runs hit in the game. Jimenez had a chance on Sunday. The Tigers were close to winning that ball game. And taking 2-3 against a wild card team and salvaging. that, And that would have been a signature win for them this year. Castro, a great game. Homering for Detroit. And they lose in a walk-off fashion. Again, two nights in a row. As they lose to Tampa, 5-4. to four. Jimenez, I've seen enough. Send him back to Toledo. Send his ass to Toledo! We've had enough. He can't save. He can't do crap. Three and seven with a four point eight two ERA. Ardado the win for Tampa Bay. He goes to one and five with a four point seven six ERA. Fam homered for Tampa Bay. His eighteenth of the season. So the Tigers lose two of three. Tampa Bay, does it get any easier for Detroit? No, they head to Houston now. They head to Houston. And last night, I thought Detroit had a chance to win that ball game. How good that they were hitting the ball. That I thought that they could keep Houston off their heels. I was dead wrong. Absolutely dead wrong. Wade Miley gets the win for the Astros as the Astros win 5-4 over the Detroit Tigers. He's 12-4 with a 3.18 ERA. Edwin Jackson having a good outing. He did get the loss, unfortunately. He's 3-6 with an 8.46 ERA. Ronnie Rodriguez, his eighth home run of the season. Dimitri, his second home run of the season. Osua, the save, his 28th of the season. Now, I don't think we're going to win tonight because it's Jacob Turnbull on the hill. 
and Turnbull absolutely sucks. This is a guy that should be in double A, and it's honestly not a great pitcher. Look at his record. He's 3-11, but his ERA is a 3.75. That shows you how bad the how bad the offense is this year. And by the way, here's an interesting fact for you. Of the whole weekend, Detroit struck out against Tampa Bay. They have their players all combined struck out 54 times against the Rays. Guardy's not having them hit for shit. Absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Turbo will start tonight at 8-10. He's 3-11 with a 3.75 ERA. Sanchez, not Aron Sanchez, he is 5-14 with a 5.79 ERA. Tomorrow night, 8-10 start time, Daniel Norris will start for Detroit. He's 3-10 with a 4.82 ERA. Justin Verlander gets the start for the Astros. He's 15-4 with a 2.81 ERA. Thursday, the concluding game, We'll see Jordan Zimmerman on the hill, one and eight with a six point six six ERA. He'll take on Garrett Cole, who is fourteen and five with a two point eight seven ERA. All games on Root Sports with with in Houston or on Fox Sports Detroit. We'll talk about another team on the other side of the lake here. In the Indians, the Indians continuing their New York New York trip as they split in the Bronx. Over the Yankees, and I, I will take a split. It could have been three or four, but I will take a split. Friday, when we last left you, they were taking on the Yankees, and the Yankees getting the better of the tribe. Tanaka, the win, he goes to nine and six with a four point five six ERA. As the Yankees win three to two, Savali, the loss, he goes to one and two with a one point five zero ERA. Yasiel Puig, his twenty fourth home run of the season. Uh, Jose Ramirez, his 20th of the season. Aronis Chapman coming in for the save, his 34th of the season. Saturday afternoon saw the Yankee bats coming alive. Torres homering twice in the game. Gregorius, his 11th. And DJ LeMayhew also homering his 28th of the season as the Yankees get a 6-5 win over the Tribe. Plesak, the loss, he goes to 6-4 with a 3.53 ERA. Paxton, the win, he goes to 9-6 with a 4.53 ERA. Aronis Chapman, the save, goes lights out. His 35th of the season. We get to, yes, uh, Sunday. And Mike Clevenger, great performance by this kid. And the Indians pounded CC Sabathia in the game. Lindor, his 21st of the season. Marcato, his 10th. Freeman, his fourth of the season as the Indians get the 8-4 win over the New York Yankees, giving Sabathia his final chance to face his former first team, the Cleveland Indians, and he gives them the loss. He's 5-7 and seven with the 5.01 ERA. And I'll say this, Sabathia was coming back off of an injury. Can't really say that much. But D.J. LeMahieu did homer in the game, his 29th of the season on the Indians' take to split the series against the four-game series with the Yankees, two to two. So now they were off to off on Monday. They open up a three-game series, continuing in New York. Seven days in the New York Tri-City area, they head over across the bridge and uh, they head over to see the Mets. King of Queens theme, I guess. Uh, so they will open up a series with the Mets starting tonight, 7-10 start time. Shane Bieber on the hill. He's 
12 and 5 with a 3.27 ERA. Matt will start for the Mets. He's 7 and 7 with a 4.33 ERA. 7-10 start for time for that one. Pluko will start on Wednesday for the Tribe. He's 5 and 3 with a 4.67 ERA. Stroman will start for the Mets. He's 7 and 11 with a 3.21. ERA. The concluding game on Thursday sees Cervelli on the hill 1 and 2 with a 1.50 ERA. Syndergaard will start for the Mets. He is 8 and 6 with a 3.86 ERA. And a couple notes to pass along to you for the Indians. Last night in Akron, Carlos Carrasco came into the pitch, had two walks, and once and, and struck out one as the as the Akron Rubber Ducks propelled to the victory and he looked fantastic this was the first time he he was off the mound and started in live action baseball since he was diagnosed with leukemia so it's great to see cookie doing well in double a hopefully we can get him back they can get him back soon enough before the start of the season but we have some news to pass along to you Corey kluber made a rehab start on sunday in Charlotte against the Knights with the Columbus Clippers. He was taken out in the second inning. He has a mild oblique strain. He will be off pitching for some time, folks. It's not good for the rotation. Um, Yeah, very not good for the rotation. Uh, the, the Indians were announcing that today. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that. So... With all that in mind, let's take a look at the standings going into tonight's play. And we'll start with the American League Central. The Twins now on top of the division by two games with a 76 and 49 win. They have won their last, they actually lost last the other night. They're 6 and 4 in their last 10. The Indians are 74 and 51, two games out of first place. The Pale Hose are 56 and 68, 19 and a half games out of first place. Kansas City is 45 and 80, 31 games out of first place. And the Detroit Tigers are in dead last at 37 and 85, 37 and a half games out of first place. The American League East looks like this. The Yankees with their two wins against the Tribe are 83 and 43. Tampa Bay with their two wins against Detroit are 73 and 53, 10 games out of first place. Boston is 67 and 59, 16 games out of first place. Toronto 52 and 75, and Baltimore is 39 and 86, 43 and a half games out of first place. They are the first team eliminated for the playoff contention. The AL West looks like this with the Houston win last night for uh, the Tigers win. Tigers lost to the Houston Astros. The Astros are now 80 and 46 in first place in the AL West. Oakland is 71 and 53, eight games out of first place, a game out of a wild card spot. We'll get to the wild card rankings here in just a second. The Angels are 63 and 50, 65, 18 games out of first place. Texas is 61 and 65, 19 games out of first place, and the Seattle Mariners are 53 and 73, 27 games out of first place. In the senior circuit, this is what it looks like in the NL East. The Atlanta Braves are 74 and 52. Washington is 68 and 56, five games out of first place. The New York Mets are 64 and 60, nine games out of first place. The Phillies are also 64 and 60, nine games out of first place as well. And the Miami Marlins are 45 and 78, 78, 27 and a half games out of first place. The NL Central is still an open race. 
for three teams. St. Louis is in first place. They're 66 and 57. The Cubs are 66 and 58, a half game out of first place. Milwaukee 64 and 61, three games out of first place. The Reds, I think, are starting to fall apart. They're 58 and 66, eight and a half games out of first place. And Pittsburgh is 51 and 73, 15 and a half games out of first place. The NL West, the Dodgers are still holding strong and holding the grip. San Francisco actually is now in second place in the in that division, but the Dodgers are 82 and 44, San Francisco 63 and 62, 18 and a half games out of first place. The Arizona Car- uh, Diamondbacks are 63 and 63 at 500 at 19 games out of first place. San Diego 59 and 65, 22 games out of first place. And the Colorado Rockies are 57 and 68. They are 24 and a half games out of first place. Looking at the wild card standings, this is what it looks like today. If the playoffs started today, the AL East would be the Houston Astros, the Yankees, and the Twins. The wild card race, it would be the Indians holding the top spot. They will take we would be the home team taking on the Rays. Oakland, a game out of a wild card spot. Boston, six games out of a wild card spot. The Angels, 11 games out of a wild card spot. And the Texas Rangers, 12 games out of a wild card position. The NL looks like this. The Cardinals would be the best, would be the second, third worst, third team in the division in the Central at 66 and 57. The Dodgers would be the top spot, number one overall seed at 82 and 44. The Braves are 74 and 52. Wildcard teams look like this. It's the Nationals holding the top spot. They'd be hosting the wildcard playing game at 68 and 58. The Cubs are 66 and 58, holding the second wildcard position. And this is when the dra- the dogfight continues. There is a total of five teams looking for the position. Excuse me, six teams looking for a wildcard race. The Mets are two games out of a wildcard spot at 64 and 60. The Phillies are 64 and 60 in two games out of a wild card spot. The Brew Crew are 64 and 61, two and a half games out of a wild card spot. The Giants are 63 and 62, three and a half games out of a wild card race. Arizona at 63 and 63, four games out of a wild card spot. San Diego, seven games out of a wild card spot at 59 and 67. And the Reds are 58 and 66, eight games out of a wild card race. So a lot is happening going on in Major League Baseball, of course. And I gotta say this, um, the game on Sunday in Williamsport was absolutely fantastic. Seeing all the kids, Little League World Series is going on right now. So uh, anytime you're on on the uh, ESPN networks, you can actually get a chance to watch the games. Um, it's cool to see baseball and see that baseball is still alive in youth sports, especially with the Little League World Series. Going forward, so like I said, the after tonight, the after this series, Detroit will then, if I'm looking this up correctly here, here we go, right here, uh, the Tigers will open up, come back home for a three-game series against the Kansas City Royals this upcoming weekend, and the stand and the schedule looks like this for the rest of the way for the Detroit Tigers. They'll have these four games against the Houston Astros Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, and Sunday sees them play the Kansas City Royals at Comerica Park. And 
after the Kansas City series, they will then play. Oh, excuse me. They go to uh, they go to Minnesota on the 23rd, 24th, and 25th before coming back home the 27th, 28th, and 29th against the Indians. Then three games against the the Twins. And uh, yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see how they they do going forward. Yeah, they have three against the Indians, four a total of. Four Three games against the Twins. Three at Kansas City. A doubleheader in Oakland. And then they come back home to play the Yankees for three straight. The 10th, 11th, and 12th of September. 13th, 14th, and 15th, and 16th season play the Baltimore Orioles. Then they're on the road to Cleveland at home against Chicago, the White Sox. And then they finish the season at home against the Twins, and on the road for four games against the Pale Hose. So the race to 120 continues for the Detroit Tigers. As you are listening to All Andy Offer tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, however you're listening to us, wherever and whenever you're listening to us, thank you for tuning into the program. And now let's go back to the gridiron, talk a little college football and yellow jerseys, question mark. So, let's get into college football. Of course, we are less than a week out from the start of college football season. And a couple news notes to pass along to you. Michigan transfer Peters will start at quarterback for the Maze and Blue as they'll take on the Illinois Fighting Illini to start the season off for you. Uh, West Virginia has granted immediate eligibility to former Bowling Green State University Falcon Garrick Dieter. Uh, Dieter was a fantastic player for us, and he transferred out of from the Janks organization to West Virginia. Uh, we best wish him the best of luck to see how he's going to do as a Mountaineer. And Justin Fields has been announced as the starting quarterback for the Ohio State Buckeyes. He will start week one for the, uh, for the Scarlet and Gray. So let's hear the recap. From Bowling Green camp, of course, got a chance to go down to camp this past weekend to see the um, see training camp take place. Uh, good couple scrimmages for the for the team. Um, in my opinion, there is a clear front runner right now in the quarterback race for Bowling Green, and you'll hear Scott Leffler here in just a second from his post post game comments from the Bowling Green State University Falcon Athletic Department. You'll hear his comments on. He, he's a quarterback systems guy. He doesn't have a true guy that right now looks like it. But uh, Darius Wade, he is a six-year senior, folks. A transfer out of Boston College. He's six foot one, two 225 pounds. He's from Middletown, Delaware at Middletown High School. He was a transfer from Boston College. He was actually working what we hear what we heard from a, a good source is that he used to work at Home Depot and then Leffler got the job at, at here at Bowling Green and he reached out to Leffler to see if he could get some eligibility. He had one final chance for eligibility and he is the 
He, he is with the Bowling Green State University Falcons. He is a six-year senior. Um, he's gonna. He right now looks to be the front runner for Bowling Green. But I like this this Matt McDonald at quarterback. He is a redshirt sophomore. He's from Newport Beach, California. He was originally from Boston College. He's six foot three, two hundred and ten pounds. He's got a hell of an arm to him. I like him in some passing plays. I don't think this is going to be a systems quarterback situation. I like the fact that this kid can throw the football. I think Johnson's a better fit. Um, where I noticed, um, excuse me, Wade. I noticed he wears like a metal brace on his knee. Um, don't know the backstory if he had like uh, he had his knee blown out or he got hit or something like that. But this kid can throw the football. But but I like Matt McDonald. He looks really good. Um, I like him being the front runner right now, but it looks like Wade could be the front runner overall. Uh, you also can't count out the, the kid from Anthony Wayne High School and Max Denman. He's six foot four, 180 pounds, but he's a freshman. Usually don't see a freshman go out there and make a statement right off the bat. Um, I could also, but uh, Parker Sherry as well. The quarterback's race is an interesting one. You'll hear that from Scott Leftfamilier here in just a second. But one thing I noticed, uh, yellow jerseys. Uh, the team is wearing yellow jerseys uh, for the fact that um, if you're not standing out and you're not making plays, good plays, then uh, you get called out and you wear a yellow jersey. And the yellow jersey represents the University of Toledo. You have to be better than what the University of Toledo experts standard is. So, as soon as you do better than what the UT standard is, you get the jersey taken off from you. I think it's a great motivational tool for Scott Leffler and his team. I think it's a fantastic tool and makes their rivalry even better. Because if UT has to come into the Doit, they're probably going to wear yellow jerseys, and those kids are going to see those yellow jerseys and be better than the University of Toledo. Like I mentioned before, Scott Leffler didn't meet with the media after the after the scrimmage on Saturday. And uh, right here on All Andy Elfrey, you get a chance to listen to the post-game press conference. You'll also hear some of why he, the yellow jerseys in situ, and the situations like that and what they mean from the coach himself as well as the quarterback race and what he liked about this pair this past Saturday's scrimmage. So here it is, the coach of the Bowling Green State University Falcons, Scott Leffler, with the post-game scrimmage, courtesy of Bowling Green Athletics. Well, it's, a, it's a deal where if, uh, if a guy's not uh, giving the type of effort that um, that we want, then we're going to put him in a yellow jersey. The team identifies him. We had a couple guys that got out of him today, which was great. They played really hard, but... We got to get to the point where you're not using these little tactics to to get people to play hard. It's, uh, we want to uh, eventually never have to do that, but we've been so up and down with consistency of how to play that we decided as coaches that we needed to try to do something a little bit unique and a little bit different. Yeah. Kind of what do you feel changed? We protected the ball. I mean, uh, last week was a clown show. We did not protect the ball at all, and uh, 
Today we protected the ball. Quarterbacks weaved through the progressions pretty good, and uh, we ran it decent. We were, we were going to make an emphasis to throw it around a little bit today and keep Claire and Denley and Davon healthy. And uh, we wanted to walk out of here healthy, but we played much better offensively, yes. And you had big plays the first scrimmage and today, but I felt like the consistency was there today. I felt like you guys could really continue to Yeah, the positive is that uh, yesterday, we finally put two back-to-back -back offensively, where we had a great day yesterday, and then today we were much better. So uh, that was a positive. But uh, just like I've uh, said, you know, to to Nick, you know, we've been peak, 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 up and down, you know. So after the second scrimmage, how would you characterize your three quarterbacks? After the third scrimmage, um, I think they're playing decent. I think uh, they got room for this week. I think this week of uh, training camp is really important. I think they all need to take the next step. They're all so different, so unique. Um, Grant has a style of play that we would use uh, differently than D-Wade and Matt. And uh, uh, D-Wade's got to get back to, uh, uh, at times his rhythm's right on, at times it's not. Uh, it kind of reminds me when I first went to Boston College, he was so up, down. And then whenever I had my last go around with him, you know, he won some big games against some really good players, you know, teams in the ACC. So we need to get him consistent. I think Matt these last three days has played uh, really well. Uh, so, but obviously he's got things to work on too. Grant was saying that pretty much no matter how it shakes out, he thinks that like all three probably will be needed in some form or fashion. Well, there's no, there's no doubt. Yeah, I mean, we're so thin at that position that. Uh, there's no question in my mind that uh, you'll see a bunch of them this year. Yeah, he's a young football player, but there's uh, we see a lot. And, uh, uh, he's a typical guy that hasn't played in a while, but he's uh, coming off that knee. And, He's doing some good things. Though. I like where he's at right now, and he's really similar to the quarterbacks in each of Take that next step this week. And then even with the offense playing much better than the first finish, I didn't feel like the defense was bad. The last week was mm -hmm. kind of one or the other, but this week it seemed like the team as a whole just kind of played better. And yeah, the thing that I'm happy with is um, it was a, it's been a problem. You know, whenever a negative happens, they tank. And uh, that's the one thing that I'm happy about on both sides of the ball. I want to see the offense do well and see how the defense responds. I want to see the offense in, the, in a slump and how they bounce back. So uh, we got to make sure, you know, there's going to be ups and downs and that we can handle whenever, you know, our backs against the wall. With the QB, what specifically are you going to look at this week? Improvement, just like I said, they've all got uh, things that they need to improve on. I'm going to really hammer that out. and. Uh, We'll see. Uh, we'll see where this goes at the end of the week. You know, probably it'll be a game week decision of where we'll go. And but uh, uh, not really worried about that yet. I'm worried about them improving this week. Uh, lack of effort. You know, uh, and just like I said, uh, some of those guys. It's just the up and down consistency. Sometimes they play really hard. Sometimes they don't. We just, we're trying to get our guys to play hard every single snap. I would assume, but uh, I'm not a two-quarterback system guy, but uh, you know, I'm, I'm assuming that uh, we'll try to get some. So you just heard Scott Leffler's comments. Um, 
there's not that much more to say to what he had to say about the quarterback situation. Um, we'll see how it plays out. We've got less than a week away from uh, we're we're a week and a half out from actually excuse me a week and a half out from opening night. This Thursday, the 29th of August, 2019, against Morgan State. Of course, all Andy Offer will be at the game. Of course, to re- to preview to um, go over the first game with the new helm and new coach of the Bowling Green State University Falcons, Scott Leffler. We'll be doing a live stream from the Doit. Yours truly going to be there. We'll break down and preview the game as well as give you a halftime update and so much more. So uh, find us on our Facebook page, which is at uh, which is all Andy Alfred, facebook.com slash all Andy Alfred, as well as you can find us on Twitter. It is at all Andy Alfred. We'll give you details as we get more and more closer to that game and more as more closer to the start of the season. Of course, starting next Friday, of course, Thursday we'll have the pre the the um, Thursday we'll have the game for Bowling Green. But you'll also hear my predictions this upcoming Tuesday for the week one of college football, as well as my thoughts as well as what's happening in the NFL in week three of the preseason schedule, as well too. As you're listening to all Andy Alford tonight, right here on the Anchor Network, whether that be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, however you're listening to me, wherever and whenever you're listening to me, thank you for tuning into the program. And now we have come to the end of the program tonight, and it's time for Andy Rants. So it's now time for Andy Rants, and uh, first and foremost, I want to say thank you for tuning into the program tonight. And if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, what are you doing Hit the subscribe button and pass this podcast along. We do podcasts now every Tuesday and Friday right here on the Anchor Network. And, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlford. It is at AllAndyAlford. Some housekeeping notes to pass along to you. Remember, tomorrow night, a special edition of AllAndyAlford, the NFL season preview. You will hear my take on the Lions, the Browns, the Steelers, the Bears, and all the uh, some of the other teams happening that will be taking place this upcoming season in the NFL. You'll also hear my predictions division-wise as well as who I think is going to be lifting the Vince Lombardi Trophy this upcoming season. And then Thursday, we will do another podcast. It will be the weekend preview, uh, excuse me, the weekend show, which is usually done on Friday night. We will do it Thursday for another edition of All Andy Alford as we will re- preview, recap the week that was and preview the weekend to come in in uh, the NFL as well as in Major League Baseball and the continuing notes of what's happening at the pond for the walleye. And of course you heard earlier in tonight on the podcast my rant on A.J. Jenks. Uh, again, I say it again, the walleye will not make the playoffs for the next two seasons. I don't see it happening after the loss to Jenks. So tonight it's time for Andy Rants. And you know, friendship is key when it comes to everyday life. It absolutely is key. And the fact that some friends more than others have disappointed you in your life have no bearing on what's happening in your world. I say that because uh, friends come and go. High school friends, college friends, 
friends that you have worked with in the past, friends that um, that you have uh, you've trusted with for many many years, may have you know disappointed you. But always remember that there is always a space in your heart for that person more than anything else, and uh, you may block people out from Facebook. You may block their conversations. You may you may never talk to that person ever again. You may never decide what what could happen to that person. But the fact is that you will always have that bond with that person, no matter what the situation is. Whether it be it be for sports whether it be for music, whether it be for food, whether it be for that you grew up on the same block. Friendship is key. Friendship is everything. When you lose a friend, when you when you lose a friend it, it really hurts. And um it 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 it, it says a lot says a lot to people and um it says a lot to people and a lot and especially to the person that you lose your friend to um but there's always somebody there that will always pick you up your other friends will always pick you up and care about you and um this rant's a little little touch and go but it's it's the point that like Ferris Bueller says life moves pretty fast if you don't stop and take it in for a while you can miss it and that's Andy Rance tonight of course this weekend is the big German American festival happening out at Oak Shake Grove this Friday Saturday and Sunday bring a guest and come to the fest Visit GermanAmericanFest.net for ticket information as well as so much more. Of course, yours truly will be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Get out there. Enjoy the festival. Come and see me. Uh, We'll be posting on our Facebook and Twitter accounts as well as my personal Facebook and Twitter accounts as well of what is happening at the festival. Looking forward to that and um, hope to see you out there for the big German-American festival this upcoming Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. It will kick off Thursday with a VIP night, but Friday is the big opening night. Opening ceremonies start at 7 o'clock for the big parade and so much more. So get out to Oak Shea Grove in Oregon. Sausage, you name it. They have saw, we have bratwurst, knockwurst, uh, mushroom Swiss, jalapeno worse, cheddar worse, you name it, anything that's in the casing is absolutely good. 51 different types of beers. We also have the pork schnitzel. We also have the chicken dinners. We have the the the, the cheese on ham, the Reuben sandwiches, and of course the famous potato pancakes and potato salad. 980 kegs of beer will be run through this past weekend. Over 5 tons of potatoes. Over 6,000 bratwurst as well as over 4,000 pounds of sauerkraut over this upcoming weekend. So I'll probably be diving into most of that this past weekend. So I'll probably be bloated by come by Tuesday when we do another edition of all Andy Alford. But until I talk to you guys tomorrow night for our NFL season preview edition as well as on Thursday for the weekend preview edition. I am Andy Alford saying I'm pulling for you. 
We're all in this together. The game of life. Keep your stick on the ice. And to the teams you root for at home. And to my teams. Go! Walleye. Disappointed. Disappointed in the walleye. So I guess I should say, Go Clones! For you, Everett. And go Jackets. Come on, Lions. Get it together. Here we go, Brownies. Here we go. Woof, woof. Come on, Tigers. Get some wins together. Let's not get to 120. And keep on rolling, Windians. And go, Falcons. Victory is sweetest when you have tasted defeat. Have a great evening, everybody. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow night. Again, like I said, the NFL season preview right here on the All Andy Elford Network. Love you. Talk to you guys then. Follow Andy on Twitter. It is at All Andy Alfred. It is at All Andy Alfred. And on Facebook.com slash All Andy Alfred. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Alfred Network. Powered by Anchor.